0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Wizards and a Mic, where two really old people that play D&D like to talk about it and hopefully give you some information that is useful to your gaming day, because we should be playing this game every single day, uh, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) I am Shane. And I am Andrew. And I believe... Uh, We've been off for a week, but uh, we're back. And uh, there has been some update to the Kickstarter. Is that correct? This is true, yes. We are halfway through all
1: uh, the books, shipping the books. So some already have started arriving around North America, even on the East Coast. So most of the North American orders should arrive, the single books this month. And the UK orders... Um that actually most of those should arrive within the next two weeks or so really? and then the european and other overseas orders and the larger orders most of those are probably arrive next month um, although some will make it through earlier
0: and um does that mean oh no wait i'm gonna come pick mine up I I don't need you to mail mine. I'm just going to come get it because I can. Uh, And that's the benefit of living nearby. That's right.
1: (laughs) And um, I actually just talked to Travis. He just got back from Emerald Comic Con in um, Seattle. And so he's going to finish up the art for our new Kickstarter, which we hope to launch soon. Looks like maybe the end of this month, maybe beginning of April now. We're just waiting for the art to get finished and all the, black and white and ink sketches, uh, drawings. Most of those are done. Now we just, most of it is coloring and so, yeah. And then there's a bit of layout to finish and then we get it approved by Kickstarter. So hopefully it can be up live by the end of the month or early April.
0: That is so cool. How, how long does the approval process take? Like what, uh, what do they uh, actually do? Do pretty, they just say, You're not, do we get anything illegal?
1: Um, they just look it over. It takes about a week or so, um, and then we'd like to gather a few um, people getting ready for the for the launch of the Kickstarter. So then you can get an email uh, link that will alert you when the Kickstarter launches, and people can sign up for That's that. That's cool. So yeah, hopefully they can sign up for that. Um, yeah, maybe the third week of this uh, this month or so. And um, okay, yes. I'm I'm really far along in the manuscript for the whole book for that actually. Um, right now it's 153 pages of 41,000 words
0: <laughs> for the new book. So, well, Hey, you know, I always encourage people, if you're going to do a bunch of stuff, do it all at once. And then you yeah. can just, you know, arrange it and, 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 massage it for a while. And then you're, and then you're done or you're ahead of the game. True. Speaking of being ahead of the game, uh, today's topic, we're talking about NPCs. Uh, which are characters that basically uh, are played by the DM most of the time. Sometimes the odd player gets to actually control a secondary character. But uh, what is it that we are going to... uh, What pearls of wisdom are we going to provide for people today? Well, we'll just talk about an
1: overview of NPCs, some basic information you might want to have, some useful ways of keeping track of them um some examples of npcs how not to use them <laughs> <laughs> um, and where you can find uh the tables and information to make them in the core books and our books Great. so uh as Shane said they're non-player characters so very clearly they're the players that the characters that the um players are not playing the one time players might play NPCs is like Shane said, like in our group, if we are, we're down to two players, then I might give each of them an NPC, uh, companion or sidekick to help balance out the party. Um, so they don't get killed that night.
0: <laughs> um, that is, that is a very real thing. And I I'm very yeah. glad that we haven't had that happen. So far. yeah,
1: it is because, uh, two adventurers is not usually the minimum you really want to have is four for D and D. Um, it's funny that there's been controversy about it, about the actual name and what an NPC is, because it's very clear. (laughs) You have player characters played by the players. You have non-player characters, which aren't played by the players, who are played by the dungeon master. But there are a few people who say, oh, I'm a dungeon master. I'm going to put a dungeon master player character into the game. Uh, No, you don't. That is an NPC because the players aren't playing him. And I've also heard people say a Dungeon Master NPC. They're
0: all Dungeon Master NPCs. (laughs) Well, yeah, Uh I mean, we don't have that. There's no point in players having additional characters like that. Uh, Like you said, we've had it because we've been down a few players and there's been a couple of times where the other players know they're not going to be able to attend a session, uh, but they still want their character to be involved and have given you the dm the approval to say hey uh can so and so play my character or so and so can play yeah. the other character and but very rare that that happens but it does and they're i guess technically they're not npcs but they kind of are in that situation who, who which are the other, other like like other if you're playing two player characters uh yeah just I, because somebody can't be there yeah
1: really you're playing player characters because you're a player
0: yeah yeah. exactly. So I'm kind of yeah. like, is that really to all NPC by definition, are,
1: by de- definition run by the dungeon master and all player characters are run by the player. That's how, <laughs> right. Of
0: course. Okay. Now. Okay. Thank you for that clarification because I still consider them the very rare times that the player can actually control a character, Right. a, a character other than their own, yeah. um, as NPCs, but you're right. They are technically still player characters and yeah, and, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And um, overall, I mean, really, there's three kinds of NPCs in general, in terms of how they interact with the characters. There are characters that oppose NPCs that oppose the party, uh, the ones that help you, uh, companions and the the like and allies. And then there are ones that are part of the world. And maybe you don't necessarily um, have a conflict with them. And maybe they don't help you. Maybe they're just a sarcastic blacksmith (laughs) (laughs) or that guy
0: on the street corner that gives you directions to the pub.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's funny, too, that there's also some people uh, divide them into long term or major NPCs and short term or minor NPCs. I think that's a bit funny because that forgets, that omits the fact that the players are part of the game. And the dice are a big part of the game. So you as the dungeon master can, you can have a, create a non-player character who you think is going to be very important, but it's up to the players, how they interact and what happens with that character. That's a big part of it. And uh, the dice, that NPC could get killed easily because a a bad dice roll or a really good roll by the enemy. So I don't think you can go into it right away saying these are long-term and these are short-term because the game is more unpredictable. And um, I think <laughs> which if the NPC turns into a long-term one, then you need to add more depth to him or her or it. Yeah, cause,
0: because we've had characters that show up and for one reason or another tend to stick around uh, because either it, it helps you tell the story or it helps um, or or actually it's funny because uh, there are characters that uh, have been in various games that I've played in and uh, they've had, for whatever reason, they stick around and then something occurs, like something happens to that character that kind of fleshes out the story um, or or amuses the players. So, you know, the DM can be like, I'm going to keep that character around because they seem to respond to that character and, uh, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, you can it's really going to be it depend on how the game goes and what the players do in the game, how they interact. Like I remember I started one campaign with a noble who was being chased and the party could in, could have intervened and helped him out or they could have just let, you know, let him go um and let the authorities deal with it and uh there's that NPC gone. Uh but what happened was they did help and that NPC was then there for ten or twelve levels, and and got and was quite well developed as as you went along. Um, so names, of course, even for minor NPCs, uh, in terms of you think it's going to be minor, like a blacksmith or the person on the street corner or the the barmaid, you want to make sure you have names for these characters. And I yeah. always list out about. A dozen extra names before I start a game in case the party says, Oh, um, you know, to the town guard, what's your name? Um, because they <laughs> usually in my in my games they usually do. Um I think partly to make sure that I've <laughs> that I have a name for them.
0: <laughs> that is true sometimes. So uh... <laughs> names are names
1: are important and I think I think they mean a lot. Like I spend hours and hours on names of characters, places, and monsters. And uh to me it it means it it actually has some meaning. Um then of course it if the NPC is sort of a humanoid type creature you're gonna have a class <clears throat> and you want to mix that up a bit. You don't want every NPC the party to meet to be a fighter. Um yeah and then races depends what your world is like um, one of our Actually, both of our worlds are mostly human, but and there are some other races. Um, appearance. So this obviously has a wide range, and you can really play with this and have some unusual appearances that could catch the party's attention and could um, could you know could really draw them to your non-player character and make them more yeah. interesting. Um, And uh, one of the first ones I think about is like, it's actually a demigod. I think he's a demigod in the world of Greyhawk who has a cowboy hat. Um, But something, something interesting um, in terms of their appearance, maybe they have uh, an eye patch or um, a tattoo on their face, or maybe they limp. Um, There's there's lots of ways and I'll, I'll talk in a little while about where you can find tables to give you this kind of information, like different kinds of appearances, Uh, as well as traits and kind of quirks, um, the general personality of these characters, just like the player characters, um, their flaws, bonds, ideals, and emotions. And again, we'll mention those in the table part. Um, A really key part for any NPC or monster is the motivation. If you know that NPC or the monster, No matter what happens in the game and how things change or what the party decides to do, you can roll with it because you know the perspective of this NPC. Um, If they're involved in a faction, you want to definitely uh, pay attention to that. And then what information do you have? uh, What information does this player have that they might give the players? You don't want to give everything everything up easily, um, but it does help the story to give information out uh, with different NPCs. Mm. And that can happen in a variety of ways. Somebody could strike up a conversation with someone in a tavern, and then maybe they get a bit of information about the local area. Maybe they're buying a horse at the stables and the stable boy tells them something. So there's ways that you you can give out clues and parts of the story that you're weaving. Uh, a really great show that gives an example of how to do that is lost. They just give you enough information to get you really intrigued. And then they let you go and then you come back and they give you a little bit more. And then you go a little bit further. It's like leading, leading somebody along. Um, Yeah. And you know, if the, if the information is good and interesting and the clues are interesting and then it can continue you don't want to do that for too long, but uh, NPCs are a good way to to do that. The basics that you could deep now you don't have to write out a character sheet for every NPC. Um, if you have time, I have I have a binder, actually three binders full of them. But you don't have to do that for every game. Um, the real basics you need are their armor class, and for like for the average person, average human in your world, it's going to be around ten. Um, their hit points. Uh, any weapon they might have or spells, uh, magic items or extra equipment. And you might not even use all their ability scores. If the party meets a wizard, um, you might only use his intelligence. Um, So depending on how you want to run it, you might not even need all their ability scores, all six. And then depending on your world, it might be useful to know what deity they worship as well. And that might have some, you might have some conflict with um, other players as well, other characters. Um, Some extras you might want to include are catchphrase. I love those. Um, (laughs) The family and friends of the NPC could be useful to know uh, their home or lair, what kind of mount they have, um, what kind of vehicle they might use, or cart or wagon or carriage, or, or if they have a ship. Um, now, you can connect these NPCs to general archetypes, like the sketchy thief, um, the annoying bard, uh, the nervous apprentice, the stoic dwarf, the proud elf, um, and then playing off these types can be fun, too, but playing far too far off type, you end up becoming rings of power in most of the modern TV shows these days. <laughs> <laughs> where. You're, you've you just lost the whole story, right? Like, um, you know, you're starting to feel sorry for orcs and you're starting to feel sorry for Sauron because of this, because of how he was raised.
0: <laughs> that, oh, man. Uh, that is so, so true. And or, so unfortunate. Really,
1: there's another show where they've just, you know, just oh. gone off the rails, right? With story and archetypes we don't need Um,
0: story what are you talking about we don't need to have characters that are fleshed out i mean these are npcs we pulled off the internet i mean come on exactly
1: um every npc could be important as we talked about before every npc could be useful in some ways um and they can develop over time you don't have to have everything set and organized with your npc when you start um You also don't have to use voices. Uh, you don't have to play the role of the dungeon master. You can be yourself when you're DMing, and that means you don't have to do voices. Um, it's totally fine. That's not a prerequisite. Um, you can also have a small selection of voices. Like I seem to always have like the more guttural, um, guttural voice, and then I have a high like halfling and gnome voice, and then I have like my old person voice. Um so I have like a I have sort of a, a menu and usually I stay within that and then once in a while I might do something totally different like a super deep voice or right. some maybe somebody who talks really slowly or whispers so all those kind of things can add a lot of flavor to your characters
0: well, I, that's actually kind of uh, uh, something that I think gets overlooked a lot where you as the DM have con- full control of these characters and you don't necessarily. I mean, uh, there have been you know times where it's like, oh, that character is the same as the last one or that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I find most DMs uh, that they, they do make an effort. It's like, OK, this character is a halfling, so therefore I'm going to give it a bit of a higher voice. Uh, yeah, or you could switch it up say I'm going to give this the most guttural voice I can manage um, where you know uh, an orc um, <clears throat> like actually specifically in terms of dragons the very few times we've actually run into like big huge you know dragons that are not mm-hmm. trying to eat us um, you tend to give them the slow kind of monotone sort of voice where you know they're there to say hi how's it going you bore mm-hmm. me or hey yeah. I don't care you're here but here's some information about that. You might need to know, uh, cause generally that's why dragons show up. They're either trying to eat you or they're trying to say, Hey, you know, here's something you might want to know, because if you go that way, it's going to break loose. Um, so yeah, there's all kinds of things like that, that I find, especially you are, are you pay attention to the fact of what kind of creature, what mood is it in? Um, Because when you do the scary voice, when you do like the, I'm going to eat your bones, you know that you're in trouble. Even though the character doesn't say something that's necessarily threatening, you kind of get an idea that, should we trust this person? I don't know. What do you guys think? Maybe we should stab him first? You know, those kinds of things. So, Yeah. yeah. I mean, and also for like players doing voices, the DM doing a voice. I mean, that is fun because, you know, it's you could just say, I'm going to give you the, what is your favorite color sort of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrong. And then if the, exactly wrong. And then if the character or the player, sorry, responds in a voice or tries to maintain a voice, yeah. um, that I think just gets, it's, it makes it worthwhile to, uh, to do that kind of stuff. So Anyway, voices, I give them a thumbs up because yeah, they're just kind of fun. it
1: can be fun for sure. And then at the same time, you don't have to. You can still play a character and their traits without having that voice. Like, you can still have a halfling who's friendly or, um, you know, a very gruff town guard. So, um, yeah, if you don't want to do them, that's fine. Um, some examples of NPCs that I've used. Um, one was a character, Kira, who was a noble but she they lived in the their their settlement was in the wilderness and she was a ranger and she was much more interested in being in the wilderness than yeah. being at home or in the city or a town. So that's always a fun one. And what happened with her is her roles ended up being terrible and it just became farcical to the point where after a certain amount of time, I just did all of her attacks at disadvantage because it was so bad and she was the party liked her she was friendly and helpful and um a really good person but she was a terrible warrior <laughs> and they just and they just kept her around and she she survived somehow um another one which we've mentioned before is the donkey where the only thing i knew was that it was a talking donkey it was annoying um you know sp- sort of inspired by shrek but not entirely um because i i I just had had a tavern named um the talking donkey or the laughing donkey and i thought oh that would be funny if it was named after an actual donkey and he just being he kept he kept getting being kicked out of the village what happened was the party met him and were like hey would you like to come with us and then he's still (laughs) with them like years later um and he was just really sarcastic and annoying. and But there was like a love-hate relationship. And he was very useful to carry around all their stuff. Um, another one was the, the traditional femme fatale, Maria, who I had sucker in the party so many times until they were about 10th level. They rescued her at least two or three times. And she gave <laughs> she them back. By joining the other side and spying on them and then trying to kill them. And she is also still alive somehow, even though the party is 20th level, um, because she also leveled up. (laughs) Um, And I tried the same thing with one of my new groups with the same character and the same thing happened. It's it's Charlie Brown going for the football every time. And they've rescued her (laughs) two or three times. And now they found out that she's betrayed them. Um, 14
0: times already.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Another one that the players, you know, you, you you know what certain NPCs are working when the party hates them, when the players just can't stand them. So there was one called red apple. Who's this halfling wizard who um, was super annoying. uh, Didn't had like, just was, wasn't interested in any mercy, killed civilians, basically a terrorist. Um, and a super annoying little halfling wizard who kept escaping, and the party just loathed this guy. And he, <laughs> yeah, he had no like just no morals, uh, and he he was he was a big favorite, or not a favorite. Um, another one was a a halfling named Tully, who
0: oh Tully yeah I know Tully
1: yeah in both of the campaigns he's been in the party basically has fallen in love with this little brave halfling who, um, is actually quite reckless, but, um, and yeah, and he eventually did get killed in that original campaign, but now I'm running that adventure again. And now, and he's still, he's still going. Um, but yeah, he, he, he just, he just charges into battle every time without, with any, with no regard for himself.
0: Well, and that's important about NPCs, um, that, if they're around long enough and they're well done uh they do become like a secondary player that you kind of forget is actually an npc yeah. and when they do succumb to some fight somewhere um i think uh i think we've had in the last few years there's probably been about three or four uh npcs that have ended up dying for one reason or another Mm -hmm. and we and as players we do actually pause long enough to say oh my goodness uh that person is is important or was important and what are Mm -hmm. we going to do without them and i think that just speaks volumes to how npcs can worm their way into players uh parties and how they can uh really form uh solid bonds that 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 do flesh out the game in a way that I don't think most people would expect that they just kind of think of NPCs as where well, they're, 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 they're mission givers, uh, yeah. mission reward providers, uh, maybe missing information that you haven't found yet, but they can actually be living, breathing uh, characters. And, and, and it just, it popped in when you, as soon as you said Tully's voice, my brain was like, Oh yeah. Tell her, tell her. yeah. And, uh, and I knew that, that we lost Tully and, there's been, and there's been a few, there's been several Tully's um, that we've lost and, and they do make an impact and mm-hmm. you kind of feel sorry later on that you know, after you've escaped the dungeon or jumped off the waterfall or done whatever you had to do to get away uh, or to win um, that encounter uh, I think most of the players do actually stop and go, you know, we need to say something about that character that NPC that, that again, doesn't get treated like an NPC at all so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so uh, some ways I've noticed that how NPCs are used, uh, there are more people now than when I played back in the '70s and '80s. Who in the party they try to get the NPC to do their dirty work. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's different that when you when you have a hireling NPC that you're you've paid to do this job, but I've noticed in at least one of our groups one of the, especially one of the, one of the players, they kept, they keep trying to be like, Oh, you go ahead first into the dungeon. or do that door. <laughs> um, So that's definitely not something you want to do all the time because you want to challenge your players and, and the, their characters. So they shouldn't be, the NPCs
0: should not be doing
1: their dirty work all the time.
0: Um, well, especially when you run into a group of NPCs, like a, uh, you know, you've run into a party of six dwarves that are doing their own little mission and, and they decide to come along um, I have noticed. There's a DM I know that has suddenly you have these dwarves that are you know really kind of you know rough around the edges and they're mm-hmm. really strong and stuff end up dying like you know suddenly there's a hail of uh, of arrows and oh looks like four dwarves have have been killed. <laughs> it's like they got hit with one arrow. What what the heck? And it's like mm-hmm. you could tell that there's definitely some bias against you know, you guys have told these this group of dwarves to go over there and yeah, do that yeah, thing, and yeah. no, 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 no. You've do had that. a couple of times. Now we're back to playing with players. Yeah, 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 <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's what I do. I like consequences for what the characters do, but also what the players do. For exactly. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, if, oh, for sure. If, if players keep using an NPC companion
0: to do that, I'll just kill them. <laughs> Well, I, I do recall there was a, uh, I think it was a cave in. We were in, we were underground somewhere mm-hmm. and I, I've, I've forgotten who the NBC was uh, that we had rescued them from a, from a cell or something. And uh, they were giving us a lot of information because, you know, they reasonably had been there for a while, mm-hmm. but there was a couple of times where we decided not to go into a room that the players like Oh, I think that's where they do this. Oh, Okay. That's, that sounds like it's a terrible place to go. Let's go the other way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly it's like, oh, no, There you run into a random wizard walking down. They fire a whatever at the wall, and right. it misses, and, and suddenly a yeah. huge boulder kills that character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can definitely, um, as the dungeon master, you can decide the fate of the NPCs pretty quickly. Uh, there is also a new kind of move that NPCs should never betray the party, which I think is hilarious because that's... Sorry, very-
0: wait, where where is... The, what? I that's beg your what? Well,
1: this is also from people who don't want to use the term dungeon master. and um, So, yeah, I think one of the most interesting things that NPCs can do is betray the party. Um, you don't want to do it all the time because that's pretty lame. And the party will expect it. And you're going to have them being suspicious constantly, which isn't useful. Yeah. Um, but once in a while, um, maybe an NPC also can change. Maybe they've decided, you know, I'm getting a better deal from, from the devils. <laughs> um, so I think it's very interesting. And I don't do it all the time. But there have been some big betrayals. Um, and that's when, you know, there's a lot of emotions involved, too. The players really can't stand this NPC now, um, like Maria, for example. You know, a good way to do it is to have the party rescue someone and uh, they're the victim now and you've rescued them and they're helpless. And then it, it turns, then the tables turn and you you find out, no, actually, <laughs> you didn't rescue a good person. Um, so well, there's also
0: situations where we've rescued uh children i think that we we had rescued a a couple of families from uh the local village kind of idea Mm -hmm. and uh some of the some of the they they left they're like we're leaving we're gonna get out of here so those npcs are gone which is totally fine since whatever they're they it's it's understandable that if somebody's rescued and they happen to know the way out uh they might just say i don't care how dangerous it's gonna be i'm i'm gonna go um but we've had like, yeah, the characters that, that are families that have stuck around that, you know, it's usually like a, a, a parent and a, and a child and and uh, they're completely they're just fodder waiting to be to be murdered by whatever we run into. And that is something that I think that we've had a couple surprises where even though we had a I think it, there was I think it was a child character, uh, but the child was the one we were there for and we didn't kind of understand why. And then suddenly the child is like you know getting attacked by whatever and turns around and just cuts something down, and it's like how did this you know ten year old do that? But it's not just the fact that that character is able to do something special; it's that it gives you that story, and 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 you're able to kind of tell the story in in a really different way than I think that uh, some people run games. But I don't know, that's just me. I just I just like I like those little tiny twists mm-hmm. where you make assumptions about a, about an NPC and are are pleasantly surprised
1: yeah that, yeah uh,
0: that they're able to do something else, yeah
1: so we um we have in our monster series books, um, basically there's a lot of these creatures that are really NPCs. any monster that's really in depth, especially intelligent or more powerful monsters and you have a lot of detail about what they are and who they are, that's really an NPC. so, Especially in the city book and a number of these monster books, there are really a lot of NPCs. Um, we also have a lot of NPC books that we have on the DM's Guild and Drive Through. On Drive Through, we have this one called Hirelings and Henchmen, which is a big collection of NPCs. And then at the back, it also has tables for characteristics. So things like, um, you know, a quick witted NPC. Ah, uh, demanding NPC, optimistic NPC, and then um, there's also tables for races, classes, backgrounds, and appearances like um, lanky, sophisticated, poorly dressed, um, well dressed, athletic. <laughs> so that those are those are some things could be really useful to make NPCs like. And we have a big series on the DM's Guild called Friends and Foes. There's three books, right. and we have every class from 1st to 20th, and collections of NPCs, tons of them. And then in the new Dungeon Master's Guide for 5e, if you go to page 89, there's a whole section on how to build NPCs with tables for appearance, uh, talents, like um, maybe they're an expert cook. That could be very popular with the party. Nice. Maybe they're great at one certain kind of game in the tavern. Uh, Then they have mannerisms like um, fidgets all the time, um, slurs their words, speaks in rhyme or some other strange, peculiar manner.
0: Um, (laughs) I love those touches.
1: There's ideals and bonds like the player characters have and flaws like um, overpowering greed, um, a specific phobia, and um foolharder foolhardy bravery and they also mentioned too in there again about how monsters if they're more detailed and there's more depth to them they're really an npc as well and then in the old dungeon master's guide for first edition
0: oh hello
1: yeah in the back of that on page 237 in the original dungeon master's guide there's a whole section the thing that's so striking is that this deals with so much more with morality than the new one. Oh, really? People don't like looking at alignments and good and evil as much anymore, but back then that's a huge part of this section. Um, you know, if the if the character if the NPC is amoral, if they're virtuous, um, and then all the alignments are listed. They have some tendencies like moody, altruistic. Studious, uh, practical joker—that would be a good one. Okay. And um, yeah, so there's lots of different places that you can get information to build them, in those two dungeon masters' guides, in NPC books, and then, as I said, in our monster series, a lot of those creatures are
0: actually NPCs as well as being monsters. And that's the cool thing about the books that you've put together—is you're able to utilize uh any of the nbc like characters which i the the thing of the uh, for those who don't have any of uh andrew's books uh from the fine publishers over at kod publishing at world of com. uh the important piece about his books is that they're thematic there's um, like an overarching kind of idea of how these characters actually, why they exist, why they're in the world that they're in. And they're not just a listing, like one character after the other, they have interactions, they have relationships, they have all these kinds of things. And uh, I just wanted to point that out because that's where a lot of the joy of, of being able to go into a book and say, Hey, this character Uh, totally fits the adventure that I'm putting together. So I'll just transplant them in there, maybe modify a few things. But ultimately, it makes it easy. And, you know, you don't have to spend so much time because you and I have talked about setting up games before and things of that nature, and we've touched on it over uh, here and there. And one of the nice things is you can go off and spend 25 days kind of going through and creating a world, but then when you actually have to put it together to present it to players to actually you know to discover on their own uh having books like uh monsters of the city uh totally can make it a breeze like you can have all kinds of things in there that you won't find anywhere else because you know it's from you and your and how you like to put games together so and it's quicker i think anyway that's just my opinion but uh yeah go buy all of his books because if you don't i'll find you and i will tickle you and i will tickle you (laughs) so um but yeah i mean these uh these characters you're right like they are are full-on npcs they're not just these things you transplant and say okay this character is going to deliver this info or betray the party this way but there's a there's a bit more to it that uh, i think is awesome
1: yeah it also helps as you say, to have, I mean, the reason we make them is to make it easier for the DM um, to have those characters and monsters right there and the NPC books too. Also, all those NPC collections, the Hirelings and Henchmen book and the other books, those can all be used as player characters if the players play them uh, ready made. Yeah. Um, that's so
0: true. That's, that's another option too. The, because uh, actually I've done that you've actually given me characters that came out of the books uh yeah. and a couple other players in our in our group and uh yeah i mean it makes it it as i said it makes it easy for you know oh hey could you play this character because da lot da is happening and we kind of need that uh, that element of the story or whatever it is mm-hmm. and yeah it's, it's like great here we go oh i i can play this character no problem boom done so yeah
1: and the other thing to remember too is that general thing to know about the dungeon if you're playing being the dungeon master that the players don't know anything that you're doing they don't know yeah. how you've organized the story and the npcs and the plot so <clears throat> you know you've got to keep that in mind all the time so if they think they know a character there might be more to it and um there might be less there might be less there they might they might have overcomplicated things so you can you can change you can add a lot to characters you can really change them as well um, because the characters don't know uh, what's
0: behind the screen
1: basically and that's you know that's how the game works
0: and that and that's actually something I want to talk about uh, in a future episode because um, one of the things that I'll just touch on very quickly is the amount of time that a DM has to put games together and if they are using uh miniatures if they're using something to like a well if they lay it out on the board and they take time to put it all together because they've got an idea what's going to happen um it sucks when uh people can't make it for whatever reason uh i remember we had one session where you spent uh like a whole bunch of time like you know half a day the day before to put stuff together and then like the flu swept through and made every you know, everyone got mm-hmm. sick and then I could just you know in the back of my mind I just can see you kind of going looking at the table looking at the clock yeah. looking at your children you know that kind of thing like yeah I was I was gonna like that, meme that
1: guy on the edge of the empty swimming pool just staring into it <laughs> exactly or, or Mr. Bean standing in that field <laughs>
0: Yeah, but that's te- that's totally an episode all on its own about how do yeah. uh, how do you cope with that kind of stuff and how to how can players make it better, um, by you know bringing snacks, yeah. doing all those kinds of things, but um, mostly bringing snacks. That's yeah, that does go uh, a long way, efficient. and and, yeah. and and booze. Uh, that's just how I like to do things. Moonshine, moonshine. But- <laughs> Whoa um but anyway uh we've been recording for a while and uh i think that it's about time we all go and actually play the game instead of talking about it Mm -hmm. but um any final words um again
1: there's there's not a lot of rules about how you can really run an npc well um it's helpful to have some of those basic you know, that basic information I told you about and to have a little sketch of the character. You could fill out a whole pl- character sheet if you want as well. Um, But how, as I said before, how this NPC becomes part of the story and h- how important they are and how long that player NPC stays in the campaign, a lot of that is going to be up to the players and the dice. So I think, you know, it's a good thing to remember to just roll with it and you could yeah. make this amazing NPC, you think it's really great, but the the players just don't really relate to it or they get killed immediately. Um so, yeah, a good idea is to have quite a few ready. Um and one of the one of the books I always have with me at the table is that collection of NPCs because you also might just decide on the spur of the moment to put a character in. Um, yeah. You know, you could have described who's in the tavern, and then um, they the party decide they want to go talk to one of the guards, and then maybe maybe that guard turns out to be an NPC with a little more depth to him, and you grab that book and you start looking through and find something that that matches. Um, so I think to have lots prepared just like to have lots of encounters prepared um, because you don't know which NPCs are going to be long-term and sh- or short-term. There's a
0: lot of factors. As sad as that can sound, but it does happen. I we've had NPCs last 10 minutes, you know, yeah. at the table and uh, because they show up during an encounter. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or you or there's some that we've had that have lasted as long as the group. I think the group is going to be, it might be eight years this fall. I think it's 8 years.
0: Yeah.
1: And we've had some NPCs last that entire time.
0: We have there are not
1: campaigns that we played constantly. There's one that you're at 20th level, um actually a little bit above 20th level. I'm not sure if we we would do more with that, but some of those NPCs in that like Tully and Maria have lasted the entire almost the entire campaign. Um, two years full-time two years playing full-time and then you know and then they've they're still not
0: finished so which is kind of epic yeah well thank you everyone for watching listening and sending us stuff because you know the chocolates have been amazing keep sending them wink wink Uh, but we will see you all next week where I believe we're gonna be talking about uh, skills which is a, uh, what does that mean? Find out next time (laughs) on, on Two Wizards and a Mic. Thank you, Andrew, and I will see you next time. Sounds good. Later.